Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And we're going to continue with our Black History celebration for this month. Today, we are joined by a good friend, fellow advisor, and just an all-around badass, in my opinion. Tremaine Willis is joining us today on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Tremaine. Yes, Emily, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I like that you called me a badass. It allows me to walk in my power. That's it. Because that's how I see you. I'm like, she's going to come on here. She's going to bring it. I hope everybody's ready because... I've been watching you for a while, just seeing what you're doing, and I'm thoroughly impressed. I know you started your firm a couple of years ago and just watching you grow, watching your brand and what you do, like, it's just awesome. So for those people that don't know you, tell them a little bit about yourself. Tell them, introduce yourself to the community. So I'm Tremaine. I like to call myself Tremaine the Great. I've named my phone that as well. So if you see that Wi-Fi network pop up, that's me. But I am from Virginia. I went to Hampton University the greatest institution in the land. And I came into this space just chasing money, to be completely honest. I grew up single parent household, didn't know what wealth was, but knew that there was something that I didn't understand and I had to go figure it out. Long story short, I'm here to make the Black community money. It's time that we get to the bag and learn how to grow the bag for real. And that's really how I stepped into Mind Over Money was helping us to transform this mindset from just the hustle of knowing how to make ends meet, but then turning the money we make into wealth, sustainable wealth, where you don't have to keep hustling the way we've been hustling. So, yeah, that's me. I love it. I love it. Because when you really think about it, the hustle's always been there, right? We've yeah. always had, like, when you talk about Black folks, the hustle's been there. We got hustle, we're going to get out there. But what you do with that hustle, right? How do you prepare for that? How do you make it to where you don't have to continue hustling as hard as you did in day one? And yeah. I love that mind over money. So you've been in practice. You're talking about starting and trying to help our community. Why so passionate about it? I mean, I know you said you raised a single parent home. Talk to us about that. Where did the passion come from? Because this ain't just, you know. All right. I will get in my feelings today, right? Mm-hmm. Normally, I put them in a box and keep them to the side. So my mom had me when she was young. She was 15. Mm-hmm. And I always used to question if she made the right choice keeping mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's this deep desire, this passion to just prove that she made the right choice. Because I know it was tough, right? You can imagine a single mother, young. You guys don't know me, but I'm a firecracker. I am not this docile, stay in the lines type person. And so just imagining what that was like to be her age, to make the choice, to go down this path when I'm sure, you know, people were projecting all kinds of things on her. And so when I went to school, I made this commitment that I was going to do whatever it took to make sure that she would retire comfortably. And women just like her who give their heart and soul to the community that may not have much, but they would give anything, right? And so that's really what drives me, just this deep, deep desire to show that there is a way for women who are service-hearted, that care about their communities, 
to build wealth without having to work their fingers to the bone and to just reshape and redefine what our lives could look like if we had access to wealth and what to do with it. And just, I don't know, I just really have this deep, deep drive to change lives. Like, how do I make sure that anyone who's come in contact with me leaves in a better position than how I found them, right? And not, not as like, I don't have all the answers, but if there's anything that I can do, I'm going to make sure I plug in and connect. Absolutely. And I think when I hear you say that, when you've come from where you've come from, right? When the background that you have, very similar to mine. My mom had me when she was young too. And it's something that happens like when you grow up in that environment and you watch your parents and you see the people that are around and you see like the lack, right? The scarcity. It's not like that for everybody. Like you look around and you say it's like that here in our community. And how do we change that? As you're talking, I think about the same thing that kind of drove me to do it. So I totally relate to that. As we're talking about mind over money, one of the things that you talk about is the beautiful part of the struggle. So how do you find that beauty in the struggle or talk to us about beauty in the struggle? Yeah. So I think that a lot of the work I had to do was within myself. I did not have the mindset for wealth when I started. I was chasing something that I didn't have and I wanted it because other people had it. And there was a lot of insecurity around, oh, you know, well, what are people going to think about me? I don't come from wealth. How am I going to teach somebody else how to build their money? And so just this journey of learning to appreciate myself and believe that I was enough and that there was a reason that I had to come into this industry because it is challenging to take advice from someone when you cannot see yourself in them, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that our industry, it is changing, but there's still a lot of room for growth. And so we need more advisors of color, women, and then especially people from diverse backgrounds who clients can relate to. And so for me, the struggle, the things that I've had to overcome allow clients to see themselves in this journey. And for me, that's rewarding Mm -hmm. because it allows people to know that you don't have to have this picture perfect package when you come to an advisor, that there is space for you to grow and to change and to acknowledge where you might have made mistakes, but to not be condemned for those mistakes Mm -hmm. or condemned for the things that you didn't know. And so I love that part of my journey now, right? I didn't like it while I was going through it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I like it now because I think it attracts the type of clients that I want to work with. The people who have the grit that understand like it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be worth it. And so it just makes the relationship that I have with my clients that much stronger. And we can celebrate that much harder Mm -hmm. because we have this history of, yeah, it wasn't easy, but look what we did. So, yeah, that's why I think about there is beauty in it. Do I want to stay there? Absolutely not. Do I want our clients, our community to stay there? No. But I do want us to be able to celebrate about the journey, right? Because there's Mm -hmm. so much further to go from where we've come. Absolutely. And I think the the beauty and the struggle, like what you're saying is, I really feel like the tension that you have brings performance, right? If you don't have that tension or that pressure in your life, you know, pressure makes diamonds, right? Tension brings performance and that's how we grow. But that's just for a time of growth. It's not a place to stay, right? Right. And so, like you said, you don't want that to be the final destination, but the struggle got to you where you're at. And I think you touched on something that's so important. And I know we hear about diversity and we hear about inclusion, but my goodness, we need to hear more about representation. 
because if I see it, then I can be it. And if I can be it, then there's more of us, right? So we need Tremaine to have a successful practice. We need Imlin to have a successful practice. We need Chloe to have a successful practice. We need everyone to have success so that the people that they need to talk to can see themselves in that success that they're having. It's so powerful to think about it. And so that's like when you're talking about the beauty and the struggle and I see I'm looking from the outside, right? And I get to see the beautiful side of the business that you're building and all the stuff that the impact that you're making. I get to see that and not talk so much about the struggle that you've had or not see so much of the struggle because that's been your personal thing. And I think as you're talking about it, I'm like, man, there's a real deep thought process in to who you are and why you're serving the clients the way you're serving them. I absolutely love it. I love it. Anything else you got on that that you want to, you know, I don't want to stop you there. I don't know. I just think I was raised an athlete. I'm a track star. I don't like to say former track star, but <laughs> I feel like that's where I got a lot of my grit from. So what and events I, did I, you do? I got to ask that. What events did listen, you do? Listen, I, I have run everything on the track, okay. literally everything on the track. I was not good at everything. In fact, I fell in front of the high jump pit once, hmm. not trip. Like I jumped up and tried to go over the bar and just hmm. landed on the ground. Mm. In front of the mat. So mm. not good at high jump. I landed around the 400, 800 space. Okay. But yeah, that. Sorry, good. I was going to say, I ran no, track too. So we definitely talk about Ooh, that. So I, yeah. So I'm a track guy too. So I did the four, I did the two, I did the long jump, triple jump, high jump. Those are my things. So when you said you fell in the high jump and I did the hurdles until I fell twice in the race. So I fell twice in this race, doing the hurdles. I still took second though. Don't ask how I took second. I fell twice. Not because I was good. I love telling uh-huh. this story. I'll tell you why. So I took second and I took last. It's all about perspective because there's only two of us in the race, right? It was a dual meet. It was me and one other guy. They didn't have anyone else to run varsity. So I ran varsity and we had a dirt track. So I was out there looking ashy when I hit the ground. But you know what? We did it anyway. So that's my track story. So what probably I'm wasn't weak. as bad as yours. <laughs> probably wasn't, it weak. wasn't bad. <laughs> Mine was worse. You weren't all dusty and stuff. You know what I mean? I was all dirt everywhere. If you fall in front of the high jump, you're not there. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've fallen over hurdles too. So mm-hmm. there's that. But yeah, I mean, track was my first love. I feel like mm-hmm. track is what saved me from more things that could have gone wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where I found my first family, where I started to see some of my first successes and just learn to push myself to the next limit. Like I'm a fierce competitor, mm-hmm. like, fierce. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that competitiveness, that desire to get better, pushing past my personal limits, right. Racing the clock. A lot of that has helped me in this business, right? Because it's you against you as an entrepreneur. I mean, who are you competing against? Mm-hmm. It's either you show up and perform or your clients don't get what they need, mm-hmm. right? Then there is no, oh, I got a coworker like we're racing to make dials. Like that doesn't exist, at mm-hmm. least not yet, right? So I'm appreciative of that competitive nature that I got from track and field because, mm-hmm. man, listen, you might be better than me today, but. Mm-hmm. You're not going to outwork me. I can mm-hmm. tell you that. <laughs> and a lot of that's come from being an athlete. I think athletes do very well in this business just because of that, right? We understand what teamwork is. We understand what competition is. And it's funny as you're saying that, thinking about like, because track is like, I play some other sports, but track was the one sport. It's just me and you out here. I know we got a team thing, but we out here on this 400 and we got this last 100 to go. You ain't beating me. I don't care how, you, you know not. what I mean? I'm not, just not, I'll pass out after I finish. You know what I mean? And that's why shout out to Tyrone with the 401. You know what I mean? He said, I got a 401 meters because I'm about to win. I ain't I'm losing name, name and option. So I think it really does help. And it's not only track, but I mean, all sports. But I think that athletics really do lend themselves to a successful career in, in financial services. But it's not always about competition. I know you talk about competition, 
versus collaboration. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So you're right. It's not always competition, but when you start to look externally, right, I compete with myself, right? Mm -hmm. There is nobody that can do what I do the way that I do it. And I firmly, strongly believe that, which is why I think that I'm able to collaborate with other women so well, because I understand that we have different audiences to serve. No matter what spaces we are in, I am called to a particular group that you may not be called to. And so it is okay to collaborate and share resources. And and in these most recent years, just being able to lean in on some of the tribe, right? Even though we all are running the same businesses, it's so amazing to just be able to say, hey, I'm thinking about quitting this month, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and being able to have that camaraderie with the group where you don't have to hide behind the mask pretending that everything is perfect. And I think for a while, when I was starting in this industry, because I didn't feel like I was in a safe space, I was hiding in those ways. And I wasn't able to show up as my full self. But being open to that collaboration and developing deep partnerships and relationships with peers is what has allowed me to really be able to step into the next best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. So I love that, the collaboration part especially how you're talking about it because we have these groups, right? And these other rock stars that are out here in the industry that look like us. And we can ask them questions and say, hey, you know what? Today wasn't a good day. You know, it was, it was mental health day. I'm gonna go ahead and sign off. You ain't gonna hear from me for a couple of days. You know what I mean? But just know I'm good. I just needed some time away. And one of the things that you said is being your authentic self. And so many times for so many years, no matter where we were at, conference, <laughs> meeting with a wholesaler, whatever, you got to act a certain way because you don't know. I mean, I almost said you don't know if they're cool. Like, you know, you don't, I don't know if I can talk like I, yes. you know, I don't know if I can be myself around you. And I think that's one of the things that people don't really realize, because one of the things that I've been telling people, you know, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help with the advisors or with the struggles that underrepresented advisors have? And I said, do this for yourself. I said, you want to understand what it's like to be one of us. I said, go somewhere where you were the minority. Find some festival of some cultural festival that you are not a part of and go there and just sit there and see what that feels like. And let that sink in where you look around, you don't see anyone else that looks like you're the only one that looks the way that you look in that situation. And then come back and then let's start to talk because then you can understand until you can identify with us on that. I think that really will help. So I just wanted to make sure I touched on that. I think the collaboration between advisors has been Something that I didn't really expect and didn't know how to navigate because we come from a competition world. I come from, yes. you know, I've always come from, I'm going to beat you. You know, I'm going to do what I got to do. And I'm trying to beat you, whoever that person is or whoever that group of people is. So I can be at the front of the pack. Right. And when we come into this industry, the overwhelming acceptance of us coming in, you know, from other ones that look like us and, and other people, everybody, you know, the people that are accepting us into the industry, it's like, man. Now I don't have to compete against you. I can actually collaborate. Like I remember when I first started my practice, just little practice management things. Like how do you store your client's information? Where do you put it? Are you using Google Drive? Now, I'm not asking what I've said. Like I didn't know. Like do I put it in Google Drive? Do I need to get a share file? How do I do it? Do I save all the files on my actual computer? Should they be in a cloud? You know what I mean? And being able to have advisors that have been in the industry a little bit longer than me pour into me, like shout out to Chloe Moore. I've said her name twice already. I'm not saying any more Chloe. That's it. But, you know, she's the one that showed me how to like my file organization right now. That's Chloe Moore. 
The first file that I have in my files on my Google Drive is Chloe Moore tips and tricks. That's what it says on there. It has all the tips and tricks that she gave me. Collaboration, right? And that was huge for me. How do you feel about execution? Oh, I can execute all day. I can execute. My issue was execution without a plan. Mm. And so I wanted to touch on something you mentioned about authenticity and Mm -hmm. coming from a space of competition. And so when I was first introduced into the industry, it was not safe. It was very much hit this widget number. And the culture was so bad that it made me mistrust other advisors. Mm -hmm. And I had to overcome that mistrust and just being called all kinds of names that it was not healthy. Right. But like the shift from that very terrible experience to what I feel now, this freedom to be myself, this ability to pick up the phone and say, hey, I need help. It's a radical difference. And I think that the space to move into that as your introduction is Mm -hmm. such a culture shift from what many of us came into this space is you had to be cold almost, right? And Mm -hmm. heartless and not have any emotion to protect yourself. And now... I feel like a superhero because that emotion that I have, it drives and powers me. And so I think that when we don't have those safe spaces, it prevents us from being the best versions of ourselves. And to an extent that keeps us from winning, right? Because if I can't show up, you know, at a hundred percent, because I got to carry the armor, I got the mask on, right? I got to look over my shoulder every 15 seconds because, you know, they trying to knock me out, mm-hmm. right? Then you can't be the best version of you. So like just, that stark difference of experience is really has changed the game for me. So I'm so excited for the community that we're building mm-hmm. because I know that it's going to attract such more raw talent mm-hmm. that is going to help us take the community to the next level. As you're saying that, think about how many people of color, how many underrepresented advisors are stuck in a place right now where they can't be them, their authentic self and they're not able to receive their true potential. They're not able to go to their true potential. But you know who else loses? The company loses because they're not able to realize that that person's not able to realize the potential that they have. And because of that, the company loses out. And so then it's amazing. Like we got all these individual advisors that had to start their own firms and then they go out there and kill it. And it's like, how could you do that here? And you weren't able to do that at our firm because I feel safe here Mm -hmm. because I could be myself here. And that's so Mm -hmm. important, I think, as we're going through this. And thinking about it. And so when you were saying that, I'm like, man, this is so like the community, community, community. It takes a village to raise children. It takes a village to start a financial practice and sustain your financial practice and scale your financial practice. Shout out to Onyx. So, you know, I'm just just go ahead and say that. Just shout out to Onyx, right? Yes. And and, uh, I started doing these commercials in the middle of my episode. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial for Onyx. And it doesn't mean we're going to stop or anything. So you you can talk during the commercial. So this is the commercial. This episode is actually brought to you by Onyx Advisor Network. The Onyx Advisor Network is the place where the underrepresented advisors can go to start, scale, and sustain their practices. We're waiting for you. The Onyx Advisor Network will be starting this year in the first quarter, and we are waiting for you. We're waiting for you. Home is open. We're going to tell all the advisors, welcome home, because we've been waiting. So that is brought to you by the Onyx Advisor Network, where we are changing the complexion of the industry, changing what financial advisors look like. Now, back to the show. So Tremaine, like I was saying, I just started doing these commercials in the middle of it. We're talking, we having a good Listen, time. I'm here for it. <laughs> if I, if I'm not going to plug my, Absolutely. <laughs> why, I mean, let me give myself a plug. Let's give Onyx a plug and all the advisors out there that are listening. So 
But as we're talking about this, one of the things that I would say, like, as you've been doing your practice, Tremaine, what would you say is one of the things that's, I don't know if I want to say the most surprising or the thing that stood out the most to you in these first couple of years as you started your practice, but what's one of the things that you would say, like, man, I didn't realize this, or this has been really, really great? Man, I didn't realize how much I needed therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because so much of what we do is not about money, right? Mm -hmm. It's so many shifts that have to happen in order for you to leverage your resources to take your life to the next level. And I did not know how much trauma I was carrying. I am a put it in the box and push it to the side and keep going because I got to do what I got to do. Right. And so for me, like because I can execute, I just like I said, I'll put it in the box and I'll keep pushing. And I didn't realize how many boxes I had stacked. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. so there was coming to a point where, you know, you can't ignore these things you pushed away for the level you're trying to go to. You have to address these things. Mm-hmm. And so I was finding that some of my limitations were being projected onto my clients. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, you know, we got to fix this. And so just the work that I had to do to make sure that I wasn't slashing people's dreams unintentionally because Mm -hmm. I didn't believe it for me, right? Mm -hmm. So that was probably the biggest thing because I can do all the things. I can check off all the boxes. Mm -hmm. And if I don't know how, I will figure it out. Mm -hmm. I will get connected to somebody, right? I'm not afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. But the mindset work, I just, I knew what I did you know, mm-hmm. this extent to which the work had to be done. So I'm just grateful for my therapist. She's the best. <laughs> That's something yeah. that like no one talks about. No one talks about that. So I hired a therapist last year. That was the first time I had a therapist. And you get in this business and you find out all this stuff about yourself, right? Because now you're working with all these people and like they're telling you all these dreams and stuff they have. And it's so easy to have your biases or your limitations to put on them. Like, you can't do that. You can't go live in another country. You just said it. Like, how are you going to do that? You know? And I'm like, how can you not? What do you want to do? Let's figure it out. And when I started to have my therapy session with my therapist, it was, I was finding out all kinds of stuff about myself. I dedicated, I think I started therapy in 2020. 2020 is a blur. I think it was either 2020 or 2021. Anyway, when I started it, it was one of those things that I didn't even realize I didn't know. I had no idea. Like you're talking about the boxes. I compartmentalize stuff, throw it in the box. And then we had that, the dreaded unpacking of those boxes. Like you know, so we start, I was like, no one likes to pack, right? And no one likes to unpack. We started unpacking some of them boxes. I was like, man, I got a lot of stuff that I've been carrying. And, and it's not, you know, it affects, it impacts everything. It impacts family, impacts your business, impacts your personal life that outside of your family, impacts your, your, just, your overall well-being. And being able to have someone to speak to is so, so so helpful. I mean, if someone's listening and, and you don't have a therapist or you've never done that, first of all, it's not taboo. Okay. I know black folk, man, man. <laughs> I'm not seeing no therapist, but you too. Yeah, you too. You listening said that one that just said not the therapist. I don't need one. Yeah, you need one too. So I would highly recommend it for anybody to seek out that therapist because I think that we all have traumas that we need to talk about and we need to talk to someone about. And honestly, most of the time, we don't even know how to talk. You don't even know that you had, like, there's some things that I found out in therapy that I found out only in there. Like, like, he's talking and he's like, well, you know what this means. And I'm like, that's what that means. You know what I mean? That's why I've been doing that because I've been holding on to this. And so anyhow, absolutely. I think that's awesome with the therapy. When you talk about that, I mean, if you talk to your friends about it or you talk to your family about it, how do they receive it? And how do people receive that? Or do you share that with people? Oh, I tell everybody, listen, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> therapy is my superpower. That's what mm-hmm. makes me amazing because mm-hmm. it helps me learn more about myself, right? Mm-hmm. I was hesitant to go when I first started because I was pushed into therapy from 
a traumatic experience that happened mm -hmm. in my mm -hmm. adult years. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, no, I don't need to go. And I was like, no, girl, you got to. Right. Mm -hmm. But my best friend, she was in therapy before me. And so, of course, she loves that I'm in therapy. Mm -hmm. And what excited me the most is when I started telling my mom. And she's like, oh, you know, well, how was that? Because that was not the response I was expecting mm -hmm. because me and my mom are very close. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, you know, some of this stuff I'm dealing with is your fault, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and not on a, like, you ruined me yeah. type thing, but a, you know, I know my mother loves me fiercely, mm -hmm. right? But she had limitations. And mm -hmm. so when you do the best that you can with what you have, Sometimes that's still short. And so having those conversations with her and just being able to explain like how it's changing and improving my life and her being excited about it and considering therapy for herself. Mm -hmm. Listen, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, because like I already think my mom's a superhero, right? She's an amazing woman. And I imagine her, her healed self. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like she'll get even better. Like there's mm -hmm. a next level for my mom. Like, for me, that's exciting to just think about like the next iteration of her mm -hmm. once she does some more work. I'm like, so for me, it's exciting to talk about it because I just I think about my own transformation and the doors it's open for me, how it's in increased my self-confidence for me to walk in my power. Like I'm a badass and I know it like you mm -hmm. can't tell me otherwise at this point. That hasn't always been what I believe to be true. And mm -hmm. so I just want everybody to believe that about themselves like you are the shit mm -hmm. and it's okay to be cocky and confident about mm -hmm. it when it is the truth right I think okay. so many of us are told oh be humble you know mm -hmm. yeah I mean be humble like two percent of the time okay. 98 percent of the time like you are the boss and you mm -hmm. have to act like that so yeah man I'm just I love it. I love therapy. And you got me ready. I'm like, I need to go. I'm going today. I need to get back in. We need to get back in. Because it's just, and it's really like, you really feel like that. Like you can conquer the world after you get out. I absolutely love it. And thinking about that, what you're saying, like about your mom, like seeing someone that, you, you know, mom, love my mom to death, right? Love your mom to death, right? And so being able to share that experience with her and see her say like, yeah, you know, maybe I should go do that. that that's awesome. That is awesome. I, I really, man, I had to talk to my aunt about that. I didn't even talk to her, you know. Get ready. She listened. I'll tell you. Have a conversation. <laughs> As you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And I want to know, like, what motivates this badass, Tremaine the Great? What motivates Tremaine the Great and inspires you to continue to grow, learn, and lead? You know, I really think that Black women are superheroes. I think that if we knew how great we were, and we had access to resources, we could do so much more damage. And so the thing that motivates me the most is finding the resources and bringing them back, right? To the village that raised me, right? Because my village, my support system is crazy. Like, I believe I'm unstoppable. I truly believe that. And it's built up of Black women that, you know, seem to be just every day, figure out how to get things done type people. And when you put that type of care, that commitment to family, that dedication to uplifting others, and you give that money and resource and know-how, like the multiplication is out of this world. And so my vision is just taking everything in that I get and like giving it back to these women who want to go change the world because they'll be able to do it that much more powerfully. 
So, I mean, I really feel like that's what motivates me. My desire is to leave this world empty of every resource and talent that God has granted me. And I'll be empty giving it back to the Black women who are out here just doing the work. It's going to happen. I believe it. I have no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind you were going to do that. That's powerful. How has your family supported you in this journey? Listen, so this is one of my, like, I feel like I have superpowers. This is one of my superpowers, right? I really feel like I cannot fail. Even if something crazy happens and this business bottoms out, I always have a safe place to go back home. My mom literally tells me, like, you know, you can always come home, right? And like, so many people don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it just allows me this space to take more risks because I can always go back home. And so my mom is like my number one cheerleader. I believe sometimes she had enough belief before I even believed it for myself. Mm -hmm. And so... Just that type of support and then her depositing that same belief into people around her has created this ecosystem around me that just really makes me, I believe I can fly. I don't know if we are back to Ben and R. Kelly, but (laughs) I do feel that from the community that I have. And I know that is rare. And so I'm so, so very grateful for that where I might not have come from wealth. I come from incredible support. And sometimes that's more than money can buy. 1,000%. 1,000%. If you could offer a piece of advice or pieces to our listeners, what would that be? You got to get clear on where you want to go. I think sometimes we listen to podcasts and we want a five-step solution. We want a seven-step checklist. And the checklist doesn't matter if you have no idea where you want to end up. Mm-hmm. You check in all the boxes and you end up 5,000 miles away from where you want to go. So if nothing else, it's get clear about what you want your life to look like. 10, 15, 20 years from now, and then get in the car and drive. Love it. Love it. I told you. I told y'all. I told you when we got on here. I told you what I told you she was gonna bring that fire. I told you she was gonna bring it. Y'all didn't believe me. Now you can just listen to the fire come. So Tremaine, if people want to get more of Tremaine, what social medias are you active on and where can they find you? I am literally everywhere. You can find me at Tremaine Wills. Well, depending on how soon you're listening to this. <laughs> Um, at Tremaine Wills, or probably it'll be Tremaine the Great. But either one, you'll find me at one of those two. Okay, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show, sharing your story. I think it's a powerful story. And honestly, it's even motivated me. I'm like, man, I need to get out there. I'm ready. Let's go. So I thank you for your energy. I thank you for your time. And the community is really blessed by this. And once again, I got to tell them before we go, I told you, I told you that's what she was going to do. I told you she was going to bring it. She brought it. So thanks so much for having me. This was so awesome. And thank you for coming on. As you all know, this is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know that really sucks, but I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here and until next time.